Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Welcome to another episode of Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. I'm Andrew Davidson, SVP and Chief Insights Officer for Mintel Compare Media, based in New York. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a sporting event that in America is typically among the most watched TV broadcasts of the year. Nearly 100 million tune in every year, whether it's for the game, whether it's for the halftime show, whether it's for the ads. Of course, I'm talking about the Super Bowl which takes place on February 7th in Tampa, Florida. Now, due to the pandemic, the Super Bowl is different this year. We will be talking about this. We'll be talking about the cultural impact and cutting through all of that noise to assess what it really means for brands and what it means for marketers. Now, joining me to discuss this today, I'm delighted to uh, welcome our guests. We have Colin O'Brien, Sarah Nettasheim and Nick Batt, all based in Chicago. Welcome to the pod. Thanks, Andrew. Hello. Hello. Well, okay, well, welcome. Let's do quick intros. Just give us a bit of background. Tell us your role. Uh, how long have you been at Mintel? Hi, I am Colin O'Brien. I am the sports analyst, uh, part of the sports and gaming library for Mintel Reports. And I've been at Mintel a little over a year. So this is my second Super Bowl covering now. Hi, I'm Sarah Nettesheim, and I've been at Mintel for just over two and a half years. I'm a consumer insights analyst with expertise in social media and social listening meaning that I analyze social data and conversations to glean insights into how consumers speak and feel about various topics and brands across industries. And hi, I'm Nick Batt. I'm a senior research analyst on the Comper Media team where we analyze marketing spend, marketing creative, and understand what that means for brands in the overall marketing landscape. And I've been on the Comper Media team for about two years now, but actually this is my third Super Bowl that I'm covering. Excellent. Well, thank you. Welcome to you all. I know we've got a we've got the ideal uh, roster of guests to discuss this uh, topic today. So to kick things off, Colin, you know, as our sports analyst, our resident sports analyst, perhaps you could sort of set the scene, uh, break it down for us. Uh, what's happening with Super Bowl Fifty Five? For sure. So we'll start with the the obvious. The two teams are the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, each headlined by their star quarterbacks, uh, Tom Brady for the Buccaneers, Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, two of the biggest names in the sport and in all sports, really. Um, and we really had a, kind of a battle of the greatest of all time in Tom Brady and perhaps the greatest we've, we've yet to see in, in Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and so that's, that's from the field, the game perspective. Um, from the, the extracurricular aspects, we have the weekend is the halftime performer. Uh, and a little bit younger than some of the, the halftime performers in the past. And then we also have some implications based on the pandemic. So only 22,000 people will be in attendance uh, at the stadium. And among them, 7,500 will be vaccinated healthcare workers. So that was a push from the NFL to, to honor some of the frontline workers from the pandemic um, in the biggest event of the year for them. So it's going to be a very, very different Super Bowl this year. Um, I, I, when I think about the Super Bowl, it's long been this celebration of America, you know, proudly American, big, bold, patriotic. You know, I, I think of the pageantry of the Super Bowl. You know, as someone who didn't grow up in this country, I'm actually a little envious uh, of the spectacle. Um, but, you know, what, what does the Super Bowl mean, mean for you? So for me, it's typically a reason to gather with a big group of friends, um, which obviously is not possible this year. Um, social mentions of the Super Bowl and parties are actually down 
78% compared to this time last year, which I thought was very telling. Uh, so for this year, I would say it's more of a welcome distraction for me from the monotony of life during lockdown. Yeah, and uh, for me, the Super Bowl is those um, in-home gatherings that you might have a long-standing tradition of, you know, meeting up with multiple families watching the Super Bowl. Um, I've never had the fortune of having my team, the Buffalo Bills, in the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's always been very much sitting back, uh, enjoying the entertainment of the game, whether that means the commercials, the halftime show, or the actual uh, football event itself. But, you know, for me, it has always been a time where you get together, you maybe, you know, throw down a couple dollars on a Super Bowl squares contest and, you know, you see who can, you know, win the big prize at the end. But it's always been a big social event for me. Do you remember your first Super Bowl? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think I do. I think it was 2001, which was um, right after or 2002, right after 9-11, Patriots played the Rams. and That was a big you know, unifying moment for uh, a lot of the country that was, the uh, you know, after the World Series in 2001, that was a huge event and, you know, something that went a long way in unifying, unifying the country around, you know, the tragic event that had happened at, at, at 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. And then for me, I think the Super Bowl is kind of the culmination of the whole season for me, obviously, but, uh, you know, I spend every Sunday watching football for 17 weeks regular season and then throughout the month of January in the playoffs. And, you know, it all leads up to this one moment where in an ideal situation, you're gathering with friends and family, perhaps, and, you know, all, all watching it together um, and just enjoying all aspects of the game, whether it be the game, the ads, the halftime show, there is something for everyone. Um, so obviously that's going to be a bit missing this year. Um, and, you know, for me though, just like thinking back over historically, it's, it's, it's kind of perfect for this year because yeah. all of my, my big moments that kind of stand out uh, in the Super Bowl pretty much have Tom Brady in there. So it's uh, kind of been, uh, <laughs> for, better for, for better or worse. Yeah. Whether it be the same with Nick, my, my first Super Bowl memory was kind of that 2001 season, uh, where they, they beat the Rams and then whether it be 07 when they undefeated Patriots lost or their comeback versus the Falcons, like kind of all the big moments that stick out in my head of Super Bowls were involving Tom Brady. So hopefully that bodes well for this year as well. Yeah. Well, it seems fitting that, I don't know, that he seems, uh, he, that he's back this year. Uh, and at the end of this, I'll ask you before your, your predictions for the game itself, but uh, we'll get to that at the end. Now, of course, so you mentioned so many things that are different about the Super Bowl this year. Um, you know, if you think about the backdrop coming into this, you know, a divided country, a pandemic, an economic crisis, you know, so, you know, we speak about this, you know, the Super Bowl is so, is so representative of, of all things America, but, you know, what cultural role does the Super Bowl play in this environment, in this current environment that we're living in now? Yeah, so I definitely think that the Super Bowl does play a big role in the fact that it gathers, as you mentioned at the top, 100 million people, you know, all around one television screen. Um, in terms of a unifying aspect, I think some of that might be tempered just in the past four to five years, how much the NFL has entered the political discussion, whether that's, um, you know, players kneeling for the national anthem that's taken place since 2017, or this year where, you know, a lot of people thought that football shouldn't have been played at all. Um, given the pandemic. So it, it, it's definitely unifying in that sense. But at the same time, 
you know, it can divide some people based on their preconceived notions of, you know, how the world is going right now. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with what you're saying, Nick. When I looked at social conversations over the last two month, months, only 64% of them were positive uh, about the Super Bowl compared to 91% during the same period last year. So people are definitely feeling negatively about it. But you also have to keep in mind that social media chatter is inherently uh, going to magnify extreme emotions. And since consumers have more reasons than ever to feel negative going into the Super Bowl this year, um, they're just feeling really critical and that's coming out on social media. So that shadow could hang over Super Bowl 55 uh, just because not as many people are going to be tweeting something like watching the Super Bowl, having a good time. They're they're going to social media with hot takes. And since there's a lot of negativity going around the world right now, uh, that could come out. Sarah, just for our for our listeners' sake, what's what do you how do we just explain perhaps you know how we define what what's positive versus negative? Yeah, um, well, so the tool that I use to uh, look into social conversations is able to very specifically analyze different vocabulary to determine whether something is negative or positive, and so it's they're even able to tell when someone's cursing if it's a good in a good way or a bad way. So. Uh, this just means that people are talking about the Super Bowl negatively enough that the platform's able to pick it up. And I, what I'm seeing a lot of is, is it worth the risk uh, during a pandemic to be holding such a huge event? So they're concerned about that. That's sort of the overwhelming, the overwhelming feeling. For sure. For me, when, I, when I'm thinking about this year's Super Bowl, um, I think I have a little bit of a, a more positive outlook uh, on, on what it can do and what it can provide. Um, obviously, we're not going to have those large in-person gatherings or parties, um, whether it be at the Super Bowl itself or for everyone watching from home um, with with all the, the regulations and, and guidelines for the pandemic. But it is going to be kind of one of those first big events that everyone will be tuning into, everyone will be experiencing um, simultaneously, where everyone's going to be at home and what better thing that we'll have to do on February 7th than watch the Super Bowl and, and experience that as a united front, you know, in this country. So I think there is going to be kind of that communal feeling, um, even while apart uh, among consumers for the Super Bowl. Is, is the virtual Super Bowl party a thing? It is. There's, <laughs> I think I'm sure there will probably be some Zooms, just like with everything right now there. People are gathering together. Uh, to watch. So, I mean, it's, it's so fascinating, you know, Sarah, what you were saying there about the negative sentiment going into this. And of course, it's so difficult right now to, you know, to strike the right tone. And if, thinking about this from the perspective of brands and, and advertisers, you know, many brands have been, have been announced that they're pulling out uh, from advertising. You know, even, you know, many iconic brands, right? Even Coke won't have an ad this year and they advertise, I don't know, for how many decades. I mean, they, I've, I wrote down a quote from the spokesperson, a, a, a Coke, a quote from Coke. Uh, the, the choice was made to ensure that we are investing in the right resources during these unprecedented times. And that's sort of a typical statement. There's sort of a nervousness um, around sort of, you know, striking the right tone. Yeah, so, so when we think about obviously advertising, this is the biggest advertising event of the year. What can, what can we expect? Yeah. And I think, you know, there's it, based on what you said, I think there's a couple reasons for why some of those larger brands are opting out this year. Um, at the top, uh, a Super Bowl ad price, a 30 second 
um, add costs around the same as it did last year, uh, 5.5 to 5.6 million, um, even though, you know, we've seen a hit in the economy and with, you know, many people's and companies' budgets to be able to fund a Super Bowl ad. So cost may play into that. Although, you know, we talk about um, Coke, Pepsi, Budweiser, some of these large companies that are backing out of advertising their parent brand, but they're still advertising their sub brands or their sister brands. Um, and so, you know, some of that goodwill where they're trying to reallocate resources to other things like COVID-19 relief or, you know, the fight for social justice, you know, that might be seen as a little bit more self-serving, especially if they're advertising for, you know, PepsiCo has a bunch of snack foods, um, that will advertise in the Super Bowl, and then Budweiser has like Michelob Ultra, Bud Light, um, etc. So it's cost, but I'm I'm sure a lot of backing out in a way is actually you know these brands trying to generate goodwill for themselves. Yeah, I think these brands are uh, definitely being considerate of how advertising is being seen this year. And, you know, that's for a good reason. Positive social sentiment around mentions of Super Bowl ads has dipped from 82% last year to 51% this year. So this is a very that's valid a big worry. Drop, yeah, yeah it's, it's definitely a big drop. Uh, consumers are ready and willing to call out brands. And I think brands that either A, don't appropriately entertain consumers with their ads, uh, or B, play to consumers' emotional sides in a way that feels disingenuous, they're gonna catch some heat for, for approaching things that way. So advertisers are taking a risk by engaging this year and it, it could either really pay off uh, and really distract and entertain consumers in a way that they appreciate or they could find themselves under the microscope in a dangerous way. I think one thing to keep a, a note too is that part of the reason I think for some of maybe these advertisers deciding not to to have an ad this year or even the total overall costs being down a little bit is that there is still so much unknown that went into the Super Bowl and, and the season as a whole where you know, you're making these plans months in advance. And two months ago, we didn't know what the state of the pandemic was going to be in February. We didn't know if the Super Bowl was officially going to be on February 7th or not. And so I think um, all of that unknown kind of helps kind of couch why some of these brands might have decided, you know what, this year isn't the right time for us. Yeah. We'll do that next year. So what is the right tone? Is there one? Uh, I mean, for me, it, we've talked so much on the Copper Media team about, you know, in the early months of this pandemic, even then, how people were growing fatigued of the we're with you ads and, um, you know, we've got your back and that kind of stuff because every single brand was saying it. And, you know, a lot of people thought, you know, well, I don't think I need my, you know, Oreo cookie to be with me. Like <laughs> it's a cookie. It's not like a, it's not like a mortgage lender. It's not like a bank. So I think, you know, for a lot of these companies, a lot of which are consumer goods companies that advertise during the Super Bowl, a really important, you know, tone that is going to resonate with consumers is just recognizing that, you know, everybody's having hardships right now, whether that be COVID related, whether that be social justice related. And, 
you know, find a way to, you know, personalize their brand and have it relate with consumers. So whether that's, you know, certain at home scenarios, you know, any humorous at home scenarios you can bring up, uh, maybe zoom mishaps. We've all had, um, one of those that, uh, you know, can make these ads relatable and not just a brand chiming, uh, from the top about, you know, that they're so supportive of customers without tangibly showing why perhaps. Yeah, I agree. Uh, consumers are well aware that the number one purpose of ads is to sell product. It's not to unite the world uh, and solve all our problems. They're, they know that they're not fooled by any such messaging. So they really want to be entertained. I actually saw a tweet that really summed this up someone complaining how quote we're going to get doritos commercials about being resilient and how america <laughs> is strong and how we need to talk to each other and work together while they're marketing their new spicy habanero with a hint of lime and mint chips <laughs> so i mean that says it all they don't <laughs> they are very uh cognizant of the fact that these ads are trying to sell yeah. something so well, in a way isn't it an opportunity right in the way where these other brands are sort of stepping back you know if you can get the right tone and, and you're there and you're present and you've got these millions and millions of eyeballs watching your your ad uh, it's still an opportunity right for sure I think speaking to that too, um, I think there really is a little bit of game theory that these brands have to think about when they're choosing what tone to strike for these ads, where if every brand is talking about unity and coming together, it's going to be very monotonous and none are going to stand out. And the message is going to be lost where consumers are like, all right, whatever. Um, At the same time, if if everyone was making a humorous ad, you know, the, the reaction would probably be, we're living in a pandemic. How can everyone be treating this, you know, just as a joke. So I definitely think there's, you have to kind of think about for these brands, like, okay, how many people are going to talk about unity and and be serious? How many people are going to speak to to humor? What is our brand? What is our identity? Where can we fit into that spectrum? And what's the best, you know, decision to make for our personal brand where every brand can't do a humorous ad, every brand can't do a unity ad and kind of figuring out what they expect the marketplace to be and where do they fit into that? Yeah. So, so are there any uh, any either particular ads or particular themes that you're looking forward to seeing um, on February 7th? I'm really looking forward to the DoorDash ad simply because it's their first time advertising in the Super Bowl and DoorDash has been such a big brand during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've really become known to pretty much everyone at this point. So they're in a really unique position compared to some of the other brands advertising and that their brand is inherently tied to what everyone's going through right now. So I think that could either be really advantageous for them or they could end up stumbling since they are so closely related to the, the negative uh, environment that we're in right now. Right. Yeah. They kind of, yeah, they've been one of the brands of the brands of the moment, right. Or brands of the pandemic. So it kind of gets, seems fitting. Right. DoorDash is interesting too because a lot of their sports integration right now has been um, under a mindset of giving back. Uh, and so they had a campaign with Prince Amukamara, who is a former, or maybe maybe still the current uh, player, uh, where he helped get, uh, give back. And uh, the NBA, they, they partnered with um, as well to, to have kind of these um, campaigns that are also looking to, to give back to the community. So, um, would probably be a smart tone to, to continue that in their sports integration for the Super Bowl. 
Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, we've talked about Coke, Pepsi's, Bud's departure. So I think that leaves an opportunity for, you know, some of the newbies or maybe, you know, the smaller brands that, you know, we only see pop up uh, come Super Bowl time. I don't think they're advertising anymore, but, you know, GoDaddy.com was a, a staple of, you know, the Super Bowl in the uh, mid 2000s. So, you know, we there are newcomers like Chipotle, um, DoorDash, as Sarah mentioned, uh, Huggies. Um, those kind those brands are, you know, making their Super Bowl debuts. So I'm interested to see, you know, what tone that we've been talking about they take in terms of how they're, you know, selling their restaurant or their diapers or what have you. I didn't realize Huggies is the, this is the first time at the Huggies diapers. Yeah. And, and it's interesting too, because, you know, it's kind of a similar theme. It's like a bunch of at home brands who, you know, may not have experienced the financial hardship that some um, other products and services faced earlier in 2020. So, uh, you know, speaking to Colin's point before, they might've had the budget to plan out a Super Bowl ad and then, you know, implement it uh, come Super Bowl time. So I'm, yeah. I'm definitely looking, I'm definitely interested in seeing what the newbies do. I was interested because you mentioned Huggies. I have seen the research suggesting that there's going to be fewer babies born in 2021. So uh, uh, interesting that they're out there promoting. <laughs> my, my background is always financial service is financial services. So I was interested to see uh, E-Trade uh, coming back and doing, uh, and I, when I saw the preview of the ad doing these sort of at home, at home workouts, sort of quirky at home workouts, sort of like around the theme of, you know, um, working out your financial situation and um, and also TurboTax I think is planning a big big campaign where it's promoting its uh, live feature so it's quite interesting to see some of the sort of the themes of the pandemic I guess being reflected in some of the advertising whether it's you know connecting virtually with a with a tax advisor or doing at home workouts um, you know related to your financial health so uh, interesting well I guess we'll we'll, we'll see um, what happens uh, another reason to watch um, along with the halftime show and the, of course the game um, so I mean, can advertisers sort of you know take any sort of lessons for the, for the future from this uh, I think so so I, one of the things that I'm interested in seeing is is the Super Bowl and you know NFL in general is it crisis proof where you know there are so many brands that leverage live sports, uh, NFL and college football being the top two among those. And it'll be interesting to see over the years what the return on investment is going to look like with, you know, the Super Bowl being the first marquee big uh, worldwide television event that's taking place um, since the pandemic started. So I, I think that's going to be interesting for companies to see if, you know, the NFL remains strong and, you know, we're expecting ratings to be, you know, at least 90 million viewers, probably more. So it's, it's just really going to be interested to see what the brands, you know, in the future, if they're going to rely on the NFL as much when it's not Super Bowl time. Um, because if it's, if the NFL is crisis proof, then that might be a key thing to market against for years to come. I think that uh, this is an opportunity for brands to get an answer to a question that we've gotten a lot this year from clients, which is how does our brand address social responsibility in a time when there's so much 
going on in our country that consumers need help with, whether it's uh, the pandemic or Black Lives Matter. You know, clients are concerned about not addressing these things in the right way. And so this is the largest stage uh, during the year for advertising. And so they should really be paying close attention to which ads that do have a social responsibility angle, which of those resonate with consumers and which don't. So for example, Budweiser has been really public with their decision to pass on a TV spot this year, but they've been running this ad uh, all over the place saying, we're deciding to pass on this. And that hasn't actually been received all that well by consumers. Social conversations about the brand aren't majority negative. Um, One tweet from a consumer said, Budweiser is skipping Super Bowl ads this year for the first time since 83. Instead, they're funding get the vaccine ads. Surely those ads won't have a Budweiser logo, right? Pure altruism, (laughs) question mark. So even something that seems like a brand really cares about consumers can come off the wrong way. So it's going to be interesting to see how do brands go about this? What specific details um, are different? from brand to brand and which of those resonate well with consumers. I think that's, I do think that's a great point because I think, you know, the COVID-19 crisis has amplified, amplified so many trends. Um, and then of course you've got the Super Bowl, which is an amplification of an amplification, right? In terms, certainly from an advertising perspective. And if brands now have to be much more, um, they much they need to take ownership of their what they stand for and, and their values. And it, obviously, it's amplified in this Super Bowl setting. And it just sort of it just sort of um, it, it sort of summarizes the sort of the, the difficult line that they need to try to walk uh, going forward. But let's go back. I, I did wanted to talk about uh, sort of opportunities, not just for the big brands that are going to advertise at the Super Bowl, but also other brands that are obviously trying to react and respond to this. Like, what, what, not everybody's a big, big advertiser. How, how can we, um, how, how should they look at this as an opportunity? Yeah, I think one of the, the things that gets lost um, in the Super Bowl in terms of brand and, mark, and marketing presence is that, yeah, the Super Bowl ads themselves, that's that's the headline. That's the, the big money where we see it costs $5.5 million for 30 seconds of ad time. But the Super Bowl week itself is the biggest week in, in sports advertising and in, in, in connection with consumers throughout the entire year. Um, you know, it's, it's like the CES for, for the sports world where every year brands flock down to wherever the Super Bowl is being hosted um, and have incredible amounts of on-site activations and, and ways to engage with consumers. And because of the pandemic this year, it's pretty much largely non-existent in terms of on-site. Um, you know, obviously people aren't traveling there that, that much and, and they won't be there for the entire week leading up and brands don't feel safe or, or feel it's the right move to send people down there unless they have some sort of presence already in Florida or in Tampa. So instead, what we're seeing is a lot more virtual opportunities and virtual engagement um, from both the NFL and from outside brands. Um, I know every year the NFL has a thing called the NFL uh, Taste. And this year it's the NFL Taste at Home, where they have a couple celebrity chefs that will be, you know, walking through some recipes and, and, and ways to, to enhance their cooking. Um, it'll all be virtual. Um, a lot of brand uh, you know, industry experts expect this to be kind of the Zoom bowl, where brands will be, you know, taking advantage of these of these Zoom uh, software capabilities 
to connect with consumers and whether it be virtual tailgates, which we've seen a lot of throughout the college and, and NFL football seasons um, to pretty, pretty solid success so far. Um, I think that will be kind of a key component of how brands are trying to reach consumers moving forward. And it'll be really interesting to see what the success rate and, and what works for this week, because when things inevitably hopefully go back to a normal or at least the next normal, um, there's no reason to stop using these, these technical technological aspects as well, where you can partner the on-site activation with this digital activation to help reach not only consumers at the stadium, but consumers around the country as well. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also think it's important to bring up again, like we said before, people aren't gathering in huge groups. They're not going to a sports bar. And so they're not going to be distracted by things while they watch the game like they have in years past. So while it's been popular for a long time now for people to be scrolling Twitter during a big event like the Super Bowl, I think this year more than ever, viewers are going to be glued to their second screens during the game and during ads. So it's not a new concept, but social platforms are going to be more important than ever for brands that don't have the resources to be uh, participating in TV advertising, you know, some someone like Wendy's, for example, they have a really well-established presence on Twitter. And so they could easily gain a lot of traction and positive brand awareness by participating in a Super Bowl conversation in an authentic So way. engagement could be up this year. Yeah, I definitely think it will be. Yeah. And one thing I'll just uh, follow up with is the second screen is obviously, you know, so important. And like Sarah was saying, you know, there's a lot less opportunity for face to face conversation, of course, unless um, people are having, you know, Super Bowl watch parties over Zoom. So it's extremely likely that that people are going to be pairing their Super Bowl experience with some other, you know, form of uh, of a marketing platform, whether that be, you know, a cell phone screen, iPad, laptop, etc. All right. So we're, we're almost out of time. I'm going to ask you a minute for your game predictions. Before I do, I want to ask you one last question. If you could sum up very briefly your sort of key lesson for brands coming away from Super Bowl 55. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, like I was saying before, I think it's going to be really important to see the NFL's future as an advertising platform. Um, it, it all depends on, you know, how well the Super Bowl goes and how well, you know, brands kind of capitalize on the moment of um, the Super Bowl. So just to see how well sports is a driver of um, eyeballs for, you know, years to come is definitely something that I'm going to be taking a look at. I would say my main takeaway for brands is that this is a really volatile environment that we're in right now. And that can either pay off or it could really hurt you if you make the wrong move. So this is going to be a lesson in how to perform when we're in such an emotional time in the country. I think for me, um, this has kind of been a theme throughout a lot of our sports reports in the in the library is that you have to reach consumers and reach sports fans where they are. And sports fans are using different technologies, they're using different mediums, um, and it varies based on you know who that consumer is. So the brands increasingly have to make sure that they're reaching these fans in the ways that best suit 
um, those fans. Perfect. I think that's a good way to end it. But finally, let's just do quickly, let's do game predictions. So who's going to win? Um, I, so I got, um, I'm following Vegas. Uh, Vegas currently has the line at, uh, chiefs by three points. So I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, uh, chiefs 27 bucks, 24. <laughs> We're going to hold you to it. I, I don't know if I have a specific score prediction. I'm not in that deep, but uh, unfortunately I hate to say it, but I think the bucks are going to win. Tom Brady has something to prove, uh, with his first year now in Patriots. And he's also, playing for the first team in NFL history that gets to compete in the Super Bowl on its home turf. So I think both of those things are going to give the Bucks some serious momentum. And then and I guess the final word for our sports analyst, which is, uh, you know, we're going to take his comments really seriously on this one. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, in, in the battle of, you know, the, the best quarterback of all time and, and potentially the, the best, most talented quarterback we've ever seen, I'm going to head it to the, the young gun in Patrick Mahomes. I think that offense is so explosive. Um, and the fact that uh, they're, they're favored as, as a sports better myself, I will be taking the Chiefs minus three on the Super Bowl. So I, I hope and expect the Chiefs to be able to cover that spread and walk away as Super Bowl champions uh, for back-to-back years now. Excellent. I'll be... Uh, if the halftime show will be the winner. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. The, uh, <laughs> I think either way, of course, you've got a great narrative, right? You've got either the sort of like the all-conquering hero in Tom Brady or you've got the sort of the, the, the new... The, the new uh, the, the new heroes uh, arising. So either way, you've got a good, good, we've got a good story coming out of this, which hopefully will be, um, you know, a good feel good story. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you very much to my guests. Thank you for listening. Um, if you enjoyed it, don't forget to rate and review us. We will catch you again on the next episode of Little Conversation. Uh, thank you, Colin. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Sarah. Um, if you want to know more about Mintel, who we are and what we do, head over to Mintel.com and follow us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts. Thank you. Thank you.